Welcome to the First Hand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another interview for you guys today. I'm here with another pro prospect, former Lindenwood. I'm not even going to call him a linebacker at this point. It's just do it all. We call it, I'm going to call it the jack position at this point. We got Trey Hendon here today. Trey, I got to start, you know, you didn't start your career at Lindenwood. You started your career at Western Illinois. Um, for folks who don't know, Western Illinois, FCS level, uh, similar competition as North Dakota State. You actually played against North Dakota State. So you have that D1 to D2 experience. I want to start first, though, in high school. When you were coming out of high school, how did you end up at Western Illinois? Oh, that's a good one. Um, actually, Western Illinois wasn't my initial first choice. I was actually um, a running back. I wanted to play offense really bad coming out of high school. I had, I think, like 14, 15 touchdowns at running back, was scoring on pick six. I just like having the ball in my hand. But I got an uh, offer to be a running back at Missouri Western. Um, and Missouri Western State, they had a great facility. Um, absolutely loved it. Uh, just committed. Actually committed there. And just didn't, for something that I just didn't feel very excited. Like, I, I just knew I had a, uh, an offer. I was like, okay, this is cool. But then right after that, I met a guy. He actually got to play running back for the Chiefs a little bit, Joshua Caldwell. He was like, hey, you know, when you're uh, when you're getting recruited and coaches are asking about your commitment, like, I got my best offers after I told them, like, hey, I had a soft – like, it's a soft commitment. So Western actually hit me up because I was supposed to go to their camp. Didn't go to their camp because um, I had baseball. I was also playing baseball all summer, um, going to football camps too. But um, Western hit me up um, and was like, hey, you know, uh, we want you to get you down on a visit. Um, how's your commitment? And then I was like, hey, uh, I just heard something about this. Like, it, it rang a bell, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm a soft commit. And then I was like, oh, okay, we'll bring you down on a visit. Don't – I mean, I didn't tell the coaches. They were like, don't tell the coaches, obviously. So get down there. I had a, uh, another baseball game on Friday, so instead of going on a three-day visit, went on two days. Saturday night, um, they took me out, had fun. Um, hung out with the players, really loved it. Um, Sunday, woke up. Uh, Coach Charlie Fisher, I think he he went on to eventually coach Arizona State, kill Harry, all that, left Western. But um, literally sat there and offered me. He was like, hey, Trey, I want you to come play defense at Western Illinois. Because um, at the time, I was committed to be a running back. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, yeah, and then you're on a uh, – he said, we also want to give you a full scholarship. And I was like – and then I, my parents were right there. I just broke down. I was like, wow, yeah. I, and then I told them I committed. Um, and literally just telling them that, I was so excited. I was very proud to, to kind of get into that, especially with my parents right there. Um, but having to call the coach and have to go through that decommitment also uh, was kind of hard. But, you know, I had to do what's best for me. That's what you got to do is best for you at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, getting to Western, I thought, you know, I was just about to – come in and instantly make plays make an impact and they say hey you know we love that competitive nature but yeah here's a red shirt so <laughs> so i had to uh sit back gain some weight um learn the playbook really learn football not just the playbook and i had a I had some great coaches teaching me um uh gary fisher he's actually the i think he's still the defensive coordinator at tennessee state right now um, and then Coach Melvin, Dion Melvin, he's actually uh, coaching for the Saskatchewan and Rough Riders, but uh, had those great mentors at linebacker coach and then Pat Stewart at Lindenwood too. Um, but yeah, no, so yeah, had some great mentors at Western um, and definitely taught me the game of football more than just like the, the playbook. Um, 
but you know, it was a great experience just getting there. Um, definitely didn't have any offers just right out of high school. Um, didn't have offers junior year. Didn't get any really offers until after my senior year was over. Uh, didn't think I was committed anywhere until really the last minute. I signed with Western and got my offer from them probably, I think, six days before signing day. So that was a, it was just a blessing in disguise about how it all worked out, but now definitely grateful for the opportunity. You know, you talked about having a red shirt, you know, and we think about, you know, most of us, you know, if, it, typically if you're playing college football, you mm-hmm. were a dog in high school. You were one of yeah. the best on your high school team and you get to college and you realize, oh man, they're all this good. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to ask, what is that like going from, I am the guy on the football field to now I can't even get on the field. Here's a red shirt. Can you talk about what that mental process was like? Absolutely. Um, it was a hard pill to swallow at first. Um, but knowing I wasn't the only one in that boat kind of made it better. I had my roommates, um, and other guys that were with me that, um, you know, really helped me get through it. So we had a, a class, I think, of like 15 or 16 at Red Shirt. I think only two played as trues. It was like a corner, two DBs. We really didn't need DBs that year, that first year we got there. Um, but, yeah, no, the rest of us Red Shirt, and then all just made us hungry. We all worked together, um, all grinding. It really just made it better. We had to do the 5 a.m. lifts six days a week all together. Like, it was just grueling. But it was fun, though, like bonding and getting to do that with them. Um, but then it also, like, made me really hungry because I – was starting I never not played football so not playing football for a full year I was very thirsty to go out and play so I went out and earned a spot uh thank God right after my redshirt freshman year I was able to start in a nickel package um I was like 210 215 playing nickel outside linebacker um and this peso package our actual nickel was 195 pound safety um, and then I brought the peso package in because they wanted me to be able to come in and bliss off the edge, cover, um, and then really just provide pressure on the edge and set the edge and run. So I got to play um, early in my career, luckily, um, at Western with some really good people, too. Oh, my goodness. We had All-Americans left and right. Brett Taylor, Quentin Moon, uh, Colin Saunders. He's playing for the Chiefs still. Um, it, it was ridiculous, um, but it, you know, it was fun playing alongside of them. You really learned a lot. Um, a lot of those guys were older um, as I was playing as a young guy. Um, so you really learn a lot from them, learn to see how their speed of the game is different, their thought processes, and then even breaking down film with them. So um, that redshirt process, it was fun. It was a uh, definitely you have to take that time to learn. A lot of people are bitter about it, but you have to uh, take your lumps. I mean, it's a it's a process. You can't worry about the destination. You got to fall in love with the process if you want to be great. You talked about some of the talent you played with at Western specifically, but like we talked about, Western plays a grueling schedule. I mean, you guys are in a part of the FCS where, I mean, I mean, for folks who don't know the FCS in general, there are several FCS schools that would take it to several Power 5 schools. I promise you, if North Dakota State lines up with Vanderbilt next weekend, North Dakota State's winning that football game. So, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. You played against North Dakota State, and I believe North Dakota State, we were talking before we started, but North Dakota State had a quarterback who I I think he's okay. I don't know if he was – I think he ended up all right, but some guy named Trey Lance. You talked about having to go against (laughs) Trey Lance. Can you tell us, you know, what it's like being, you know, kind of new in your college career, you're excited to get out there, and then Trey Lance is – 
you know, I'm assuming in a nickel package, you're talking about blitzing off the edge. Were you used as a spy at all in a situation where you're playing against an elusive quarterback like a Trey Lance? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We definitely had a spy. I played a little bit of role in that. But uh, just overall, just trying to keep him contained, Christian Watson, like throughout the years of playing North Dakota State, they just had great quarterbacks. Got to play against Easton Stick um, back in the day. So, I mean, I mean, people don't realize like the the people that come out of that school. Um, like you talked about the left tackle that got drafted already. I think he's on the Titans, but um, you just see it. Christian Watson, he's in the NFL draft this year. He just ran a 4-3 on his pro day. We played against him too. Trey Lance and Christian Watson, that combination was deadly. It was ridiculous. You put Christian Watson on the outside, single X receiver, fade him up, do a play action, match protect. You literally have a two-man route. You got a dig on the backside. Trey Watson, I mean, Christian Watson's literally running the fade down the sideline scored about 55 yard touchdown like probably third or fourth play of the game and i'm just like okay yeah yeah it's gonna be a game this is this is gonna be a great game and then just the the atmosphere at north dakota state is is isn't unmatched i couldn't like when i got to play there as a redshirt freshman it was just it was unreal like it was twenty thousand people just packed into this and the way that they built their dome, it doesn't like go out, like it goes up. So the sound just, it's just there. It's all over you. And then when they're on, uh, when they're on offense, it's like quiet. Um, obviously when they're on defense, ridiculous. So, I mean, unless they're making a big play, you hear it when we're on defense, but when their team's on defense, I'm literally standing next to my team on the sideline. You can't even hear each other talk. Like it's, it's that loud, but it was really fun. I remember one play in particular, um, uh, Darius Shepard, I think he is, he was on the Green Bay Packers, but he was returning and I was on punt and I think he, he made one of my teammates miss, but I really, I didn't have, I didn't care. I was, I was just focused, lasered in. I didn't hear any sounds. I had tunnel vision, just rank, boom, straight through his face. The crowd was getting loud because he just made somebody miss and it was so, and then just silent. And then you just literally hear, like, I watched the replay on the, <laughs> on the, the TV replay, and then you just hear me yell, whatever, but then the reason you hear it is everybody just went silent, and it was just insane. Like, it felt that moment probably, I remember, was probably the most exciting in my college football career. Starting off, especially being young, um, special teams, just trying to uh, help out any way you can, especially, like, rotating in and playing with the nickel package, too, and starting doing that. But it, no, it, was a, it was a great experience, to say the least, playing against that kind of talent and that, and that kind of atmosphere, for sure. And you talk about playing in a nickel package specifically, you know, mm-hmm. want to educate some fans a little bit. Can you speak to what your role is in the nickel package? What is your responsibility in that particular package within your guys's defense there when you were at Western Illinois? Absolutely. So for the nickel package, uh, my job essentially was to first kind of set the edge. I mean, runs are very important. So obviously playing North Dakota State, playing the Missouri Valley, they run the ball. So you needed somebody on the outside that was not going to be able to cover, but set the edge. So that was my initial job on these six, six tight ends. Dallas Goddard that played at South Dakota State, like playing against guys like that. Um, you got to set the edge on those kind of guys. Um, and you got to do that first. My next job was really the blitz. Um, we had a lot of blitzes in um, when I played with Tony Grantham. He was our D coordinator um, that year. I think uh, he's got a brother that's also a pretty, pretty well-known um, coach as well. But, yeah, no, Todd Grant. Oh, yeah, it's Todd. Yeah, Todd and Tony. But um, 
But, you yeah, know, Tony came right after he uh, left Louisville, came and was our D coordinator, had a lot of blitzes dialed up. So got to blitz a lot um, and pressure the quarterback, a lot of TFLs, sacks, um, and doing that. And then the last thing was pass coverage. Um, really got to really cover that seam, that seam flat. You got to be able to carry. For me, I had to carry um, vertical routes um, and deliver them to the safeties. If I wasn't covering the vertical route, man, then I had to carry that route, reroute the route, and deliver him to the safety because if safety has two verts, then he has to really be the midpoint of one and two. And you don't want him being the midpoint of somebody that both they're on the same level, they're running the same speed. You need to be able to help him out, get him a reroute and literally deliver him to him. Sink under 12 to 15 yards if it's, um, you know, cover three because you don't want that seam exposed. So um, kind of things like that, um, really just providing that extra support and knowing what you where your help is. I mean, really, that's the biggest part. Cause I was the, I felt like I kind of was the glue between the linebacker core and then the uh, DB core. So kind of just being that mix, that hybrid um, safety linebacker kind of guy, the to be able to provide the the physicality and the blitzing and the run support, and then also drop back in pass coverage, getting PBUs, um, and doing things of that nature too. You know, and we alluded to it. Your career didn't end at Western Illinois. You eventually made the trip to a. Division two school known as Lindenwood. And for folks who don't know Lindenwood, one of Lindenwood's more famous alumni who's been in the NFL is corner Pierre Desir, who's played with the Browns, the Jets, right. he spent time with the Seahawks, the Buccaneers. Pierre Desir has gotten a couple paychecks in the NFL. So how do you get from Western Illinois to Lindenwood? What went in what went into that process? Absolutely. So uh, going to Western uh, that year that I mentioned the redshirt freshman year, I got to start and play with those amazing people. We kind of had, I think those same people come back minus like one or two. So we really returned a lot of seniors. Um, but unfortunately, like I said, coach, head coach Charlie Fisher left. He went to Arizona state. We had a new coaching change um, and we really didn't win that much. It wasn't as fun. We didn't, I didn't have another winning season after Charlie Fisher left. And I'm kind of like this culture sucks i'm kind of like i really put a lot into it um and i really love the game i love the school because it gave me a chance out of high school and it was just, it just hurt me to see the the culture and all that like shift and change but um i wasn't the only one that ended up leaving um what my actual roommate from that i met on my first day at western illinois he transferred to a school um he's transferred to missouri snt and actually got to play him it was ironic it was kind of cool um but, you know, experiences like that, just seeing like everybody else kind of like you have to do what's best for you. The transfer portal is kind of like the Wild West right now. But uh, back when I did it, I kind of knew I had a plan. Um, my one of my high school coaches, he's, he used to be down there. He told me he was like, hey, this is a this is a really great school. I think you need to come check it out here. He mentioned Drew Sears. He was like, hey, you need to come play next to this linebacker. He, this kid, this cat's uh, he's legit. And he definitely is um, even better person, too. Um, got to be his roommate. We lived together. Um, but yeah, playing with those kind of people um, at Lindenwood definitely opened my eyes to like the different, I mean, competition levels and seeing the the people that are at D2s because you, it's a it's a stigma for people that are at smaller schools for, uh, for a reason. I'm like, oh, well, maybe you're too slow or maybe you're just too short. You're athletic enough, but maybe you're this or that. I want to come on here and say that that is a bold-faced lie because I played in front of two twin tower safeties, two safeties that were both 6'3", looking like they can go and start at Fresno State today. Like, literally, FBS ready, and I'm like, okay, ready to go. Corners that have been two- to three-year starters, also D1 transfers as well. I mean, Drew Sears, 
two to three time All American and almost winning the Defensive Player of the Year award. He de- he won the Defensive uh, Conference Player of the Year, multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. Like literally, training already did his pro day and about to enter the NFL. I mean, he's in the NFL draft. So I mean, it's it you see the the magnitude of people that were there, the amount of talent that was there, um, and then this makes you excited. You just see like the the opportunity for that kind of school, especially, I mean, they just moved up to D1, but before they did that, I did go there when they were D2 and got to play that kind of schedule and the, uh, the different competition levels, like you said. So I want to ask, because you alluded to it, you know, we talk all the time on this show, D2 has talent, you know, believe yeah. it or not, you can be talented and go play D2. You Absolutely. Know, you got to play D1 and you played D2 too. So I want to ask, mm-hmm. was the stigma true? Or did you find that you played just as stiff of competition at that D2 level? I would say that games that we were in, the talent that we were in, you see a difference only in the, the linemen, I would say. The O-line, the D-line, the, the size may be different, but in all honesty, the teams that go far in the playoffs, we got to go play Grand Valley in the playoffs, and I couldn't tell the difference between – dang near their line and some of the D1 lines that I got to go play in the Missouri Valley. So, I mean, lines like that with Ferris State, with uh, Tiffin, with uh, teams like that, they have those, the teams that are perennial powerhouses, um, they have the the same things. They literally are, they, you look like a D1 team. It's just about the depth, I would honestly say. Because you can, you we had that, um, even at Lindenwood, in all the schools you play, you see you're playing against similar talent. That's at the D1 level, I would honestly say but it's just a matter of the depth because maybe the guy's second string that's coming in. Oh, okay. Maybe he can't play at a D one. He's perfect for a D two. Um, but like the guys ahead of him, yeah, he can go and play. Cause Cody Schrader literally played against him at Truman state. He just went and grad transferred. Now he's playing at Mizzou. So he just went not from D two to FCS D two to FBS. So, I mean, the kind of talent that you see that um, Tershawn Warden, he's playing and really starting and rotating for the chiefs. Yeah. Uh, got to work out with him a couple summers ago um at the same trainer but literally he went to missouri st got to do some uh some pro games and some pro bowls uh not pro bowls but um just you know all-star bowls i mean right after college and did his thing um he got the opportunity with the chiefs so i mean you just see that kind of talent like coming out the d2 level um the safety for the the patriots he came from a d2 as well i remember playing not playing against him but just literally hearing about him um Something Duggar. I forgot. Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar played yeah. at Lenore Rhine. Yes. Yes. He is he is nice. And he returned and he is huge. Like he's huge but fast. And I'm you just see that kind of like athleticism. You see that kind of talent. And then it's just eye-opening. It's kind of like, okay, why are we not paying attention to this? My roommate is probably the one that I've mentioned from Western, probably one of the most athletic DBs that I've just seen. Because he with his height, whatever. He can dunk, just like stand still, like one-handed catches. Hands are huge, like press coverage. Is, the athleticism is insane, like backflips, just off standing. Colin Saunders, I mentioned, 300-plus pound O-lineman, I mean D-lineman, doing backflips, standing tucks, round-offs, like senior bowl. He went to the senior bowl. John Gruden asked him to do a round-off. He literally went and did a flip, like, the day before he had his daughter. Like, just things like that. You see that that kind of athleticism, like, throughout these levels, but then you also see Tershawn Warden is now playing with Colin. Like, D2, he played D2 his entire life, and then Colin went and played at West with D1 his entire life. You end up in the same place. Like, you can get to where you want to go to, like, from anywhere. They will find you. Like, you just got to go somewhere 
get film, get on the field and play, like develop yourself, develop your craft and your skill. And they will literally come find you because if you're not, you can go to Maryland and go and practice and then get three catches for, I don't know, for four years and then say, oh yeah, I went to FBS school. I went to Maryland, but what did you do? You didn't get on the field. Like You can go to FCS, go to um, Rhode Island. I don't know, go to, you know, different school to just get on the field and play. So, I mean, honestly, that would be my best advice to go somewhere where you can play and that you love. Um, Cause honestly, coaches may come and go is what I also learned. So go there for the, the teammates that you have, the atmosphere, and then just the people. You know, and, you got to play. We've talked a lot about what you did at the collegiate level, but the career's not over. Now it's time for Pro Bowl. You've had several opportunities. We were talking about XFL, USFL, um, some CFL stuff coming down the pipe. And obviously, who wouldn't want the NFL opportunities? You know, right. re- rehabbing a little bit. You talked about tearing the labrum. Um, for folks, you know, who maybe aren't, you know, as well-versed in the medical field, um, maybe your degree comes from playing the board game operation. Um, labrum is, you know, in the shoulder, uh, think Baker Mayfield injury. So, you know, just speaking on your toughness a little bit, you played through a torn labrum at the linebacker position. You know, we talked about how it would be hard for a quarterback to play through it. I mean, think about a linebacker, you know, so you're rehabbing that right now, but you've got a pro day coming up. Um, but the goal is to continue the career. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about what you personally bring to the next level. Um, you know, we talked about, you are a linebacker by position. If we put you on a depth chart, it's going to say linebacker. If we watch the film, you know, you and I talked a little bit, your pass coverage is one thing that I would say, you know, in today's NFL is going to translate, whether it be a Travis Kelsey, a George Kittle, even some smaller tight ends, like a Will Disley in Seattle, you have to be athletic to cover those guys. Can you talk about what you bring in pass coverage specifically? to the next level oh yeah absolutely um believe it or not um i have really long arms uh people just see um you know whatever height i have or just like how big i may be and they're just like oh okay yeah he's big he's fast but no like my wingspan is pretty long so i'm able to reroute and get to touch receivers so um that's my best thing um getting to touch them i know in the nfl likes the five yard and i'll cover but that's a good thing too because i bring my feet um i can move my feet really well play well in space, move, change direction, cut, um, and make these PBUs, get good reroutes, um, and deliver people to safeties, um, hang under routes, and then read quarterbacks' eyes. And also just knowing that having that knowledge for the game, um, I think would be huge for also me to say, um, and kind of knowing where to be when I need to be there. Um, and then also utilizing my speed. Um, like you said, playing in coverage is, is pretty huge. You got to be able to know what kind of read routes, read concepts, um, and then watch film on that. So, I mean, me, um, being in the film room, me studying that, not only knowing my playbook, but knowing football in general. Like, hey, if you have one under route, you probably have another one coming. If it's not under, then something's coming, maybe in a dig form. They're doing levels, it's high low. So you kind of think through the process, as soon as the snap goes, oh, he goes under, boom. So kind of knowing that those thought processes, um, when you see high hat, because you got to read the whole line first, but um, you see high hat pass and then he goes under, boom. You just have those things clicking. It's not even um, thoughts anymore. You kind of just, it's just something I'm just doing. Um, but then it, it, that's when it becomes fun because then you're just playing. You're out there having fun. I'm out there doing my thing and then just reading. So, I mean, I feel like that's the best part of it. And, you know, and you talked about watching film and you talked about, you know, the different things you look for when you watch film. 
when you're watching film though to develop your craft are there any players that you look to specifically are there guys that you try to either model your game around or maybe guys that you try to take bits bits and pieces of their game and add it to your repertoire oh yeah most definitely um especially going to western illinois at first um rodney harrison at first just seeing his hard-hitting style of play i know we played back in the day but kind of him um he was one of my favorites uh bobby wagner gotta pay gotta pay homage he's doing great obviously uh staple in the game sad to see seattle traded him but um, just that just those kind of guys um, being the heart and soul, you know, really of the team, like getting them excited with big plays and doing that. But I mean, really um, a younger player that I kind of been thinking about seeing too um, is Isaiah Simmons. He plays in the Cardinals, but he uh, he's he rotates a lot. He's outside, uh, lanky, can blitz, uh, he's sneaky. Um, people I mean, may or may not think he's fast because of how long and tall he is, but I mean, he moves, he covers ground, he can cover very well. He can play in the box. He can shallow off, play will, like blitz off the soap. Kind of being able to be that Swiss Army knife, like you said, and being able to kind of do it all. I think um, those those kind of people, I kind of model my game after with like just I try to do the hard hitting, uh, make them feel it, try to be a thumper, uh, but also being able to be versatile. Like I said, what uh, I said, Simmons. You know, and for folks who maybe haven't gotten to see your film yet, you know, being here in Ohio, I'll give an Ohio reference for folks to remember. If you think if you're a Browns fan, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa rookie linebacker last year out of Notre Dame, your game is very similar in the sense that you have you absolutely love sticking your nose in the run. You will oh, yeah. blitz if if they're calling the blitz, you're there. But right. it's like we talked about that ability to cover the pass, and I want to talk about blitzing because mm-hmm. so many people think you know when you're called as a you know blitzer at the linebacker position, it's just oh man, I'm running free, see ball, get ball. But there are there are some, you know, techniques. There are some rules to yeah. blitzing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to have you touch on a little bit some of the, you know, more intricate details of blitzing and maybe specifically what goes through your mind when a blitz is called for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a lot of uh, blitzing. That's one of my favorite things. You get to be in people's face. You get the blind pressure. That's one of my biggest things is uh, my motto is impose your will. Uh, learned it from my grandpa, especially in the football field. So kind of just having that mentality whenever I'm on the field uh, helps me really get through and make these plays. But starting off with the pass rush, I mean, if I'm blitzing, it depends if I'm up in the bare front. Um when we're up on the line, if I'm blitzing from depth, if it's uh, if I gotta disguise it, or if I'm coming from a fire zone blitz, it just depends. But I mean, really, first, if I'm up on the edge, not they know I'm blitzing, I'm looking at the tackle's knee, like first knee, like that's the first thing he's gonna move. Typically, you sh- should look at his heel, but you can switch off between the knee and heel. Really, just kind of keying in on one spot. As soon as that moves, you move. You don't gotta wait for the ball because he's looking at really you i mean most of the time you see alignment jump because you may flinch a little bit but they're looking at you they're scared because they see a linebacker listen they think oh you're going to use speed so there i use that to my advantage i mean i'm also pretty strong and then being having low center of gravity using my legs having bigger legs i can use long arms i can use my speed to bulls and and do that so i mean i think about those things so going through the pass rush i mean you got to look at knee. as soon as the knee moves that's when i go i start blitzing the next thing i do use hands I mean, if they can't touch you, then then you win. So essentially, I mean, my favorite initial one is just chop rip. Um, you just chop down and then take the service area away from your shoulder. Me being um, a linebacker, I'm smaller than the average defensive end they're usually used to. So being able to chop those hands and get them down, but you got to like actually watch the hands because a lot of them 
they bluff, they shoot just to see you like throw your move and then you end up falling, they push you on your back and they just lay on you. I mean, you see that, but really just kind of um, thinking about it as a mind game. You're kind of playing basketball. He's trying to guard you, but really he doesn't know where you're going to go. So he knows where his quarterback may or may not be. He doesn't know if he's scrambling. So you doing that and you kind of being able to defeat him first and then get past him is the biggest thing. A lot of people are like, oh, I just get to blitz. I got to just, I'm free. Then you get running backs picking up shipping. You get running backs that cut. So blitzing isn't always just, oh, yeah, I get the free hit at the quarterback. If I get the tackle, it's not. You got running backs that step up and then try to cut block. But, I mean, on film, they haven't cut block before. So, I mean, me being a bigger guy, um, especially, I didn't think, because uh, that's another thing. When I was at Western, I really, I got cut probably once, and it was by a receiver. Um, but other than that, running backs wanted to pick me up, like, because we were similar in size, playing 230, 225-pound running backs, I'm 215, like, okay, we can pick them up. But going down when I was at D2, I got to be uh, probably like 225, 230, and the running backs are probably like 200, 195. So they're like, oh, no, we're cutting this kid. They're fast, quick, short, but like, no, they're like, oh, no, we're cutting this kid. So I had to uh, defeat the cuts a lot more. So, I mean, even thinking about that and being knowledgeable about that um, is important. Um, and using your hands. A lot of people don't want to use their hands. They just think, oh, I'm just running around people. It's about decreasing the surface area, um, bending, because a lot of linemen are huge, six, seven, six, eight. This kid from Illinois State, uh, his last name was like Buffalo Meters. It's crazy. I know. But he was 6'11", 6'11", Illinois State uh, left tackle. But those kind of guys are huge. I, with my height, 6'1", I can't think that I'm about to just go and bull rush this kid. I'm about to go and dip under him because this 6'11 can't bend how I can bend and bend fast too. A lot of people think you just got to be able to bend. You got to be able to bend and move fast with speed. So, um, but yeah, no, listen, is really fun. It's exciting. Like you get to apply the pressure and create havoc. So, I mean, that's really what I love to do. And, you know, some of the guys you would have blitzed against it, you know, when you were at Western Illinois, we talked about at North Dakota State, they had Dylan Radins there, who's now with the Titans, but Northern Iowa has had several tackles, you know, being in the Missouri Valley Conference. Northern Iowa had Spencer Brown, who's now with the Buffalo Bills, Trevor Penning, yeah. who's a perennial first round pick this year, you know, yeah. blitzing against tackles who can play. And that's something, you know, guys have to understand you being anywhere from 215 to 230, blitzing a guy like Spencer Brown who now plays with the Buffalo Bills, who's every bit of 6'6", 6'7", 325. Right. You're not winning that just straight up popping them in the mouth. So there's a lot that goes into it. And that's what we want to, you know, I, I've got just a few more questions for you, Trey. I thank you for coming on. It's been a blast having you. Um, oh, no problem. It's definitely been fun. I want to switch a little bit to educating a high schooler. You know, okay. you talked about coming out. You didn't have a ton of offers you know, mm -hmm. right after your senior year, right after senior season ended, you know, you signed with Western right before national signing day. So I want to transition a little bit. I want to give you the opportunity to give a couple piece of, pieces of advice to guys. I want to start with somebody who plays your position specifically. So you're talking mm -hmm. to a high school linebacker and they come to you and they say, hey, what do I need to work on? What are some like mm -hmm. key things that I should focus on to take my game to where I could play at the next level? What are you telling a high school linebacker to work on? Absolutely. Um, I love that question. Thank you for that. Uh, first, I'd say um, get with your teammates. Like, those are the people that, I mean, you're, I miss high school football. Like, college football was great. Got to have those experiences. But get with those guys. Like, work out with them. Spend time with them. Especially 
especially like me being a linebacker, um, I spent a lot of time with my D linemen. I spent a lot of time with my other linebackers, obviously, but other times I spent with the, the DBs. Like I spent time with everybody because not only making that bond um, and building that brotherhood, but literally learning those positions, learning what the, the safeties and the DBs are supposed to do, learning what the D line is supposed to do. You're a linebacker. Like you're supposed to be a Swiss army knife. You got to know how to cover, go do footwork with the DBs. You got a blitz. I hang out with the D line because I wanted to go learn how to use my hands and twist my hips and use my feet and bend. So you got to hang out with these guys and really pick their brains too. pick your D line coach's brain, your DB coach's brain. Like even if they don't want to work you out and doing those things, that's where the extra work comes in. And that's where you really separate yourself. Um, put in that extra work. Don't be afraid to do it. Cause there were times where I'm putting in all this work. I didn't have any offers. I used to wake up uh, before high school and go to the gym with my dad at five in the morning doing that. And then even when my dad started working um, third shifts and he can go, I started driving myself and doing it when he got too tired. So just having that drive to go and do it. Um, but then also not having the end result and having the offers right off the rip kind of was, it would be discouraging anybody, but honestly, I prayed about it and I knew what I was at the end of the day. I bet on myself. I knew like, Hey, it's going to be all right. So I knew God had me and God had a reason for everything. That's why I got to meet Joshua Caldwell and telling me things like soft commit. So I'm not saying everybody out there, just go tell everybody your soft commit, but you know, just, just things that'll happen for a reason. Like don't rush it. You got to enjoy the process for sure. Um, because the recruiting process is fun. Like going through college is fun, but don't rush it. Like be where you are right now and be the best player you can be right now. Like literally go and be a student of the game. Like don't just go study your playbook. Don't just study. Hey, Oh, on, will x cross blitz i'm blitzing i get to go off the edge how about no like if the d line slanting what this might impact um what kind of plays are they run do they like running play action out this formation like go and study that like don't be scared to watch film in high school don't be scared to ask your coaches questions like there's no such thing as a stupid question because especially in a game of football and in any sports because i would rather you ask this question right here in this film room or on the field at practice. And besides you getting on field Friday night lights and we see that you don't know, like I would rather you look dumb then. like, don't feel dumb asking a question when the lights aren't on, because that's where you're supposed to work on your craft. It's okay to be like, not the best at everything. I wasn't the best at everything. I got told multiple times. I can't be a running back. I have stiff hips. So oh, what I do, I'm like, thinking, oh, that's a bad thing. Yeah, I want to get my hips, you know, looser. So what? that's what I did. But turns out I wasn't meant for running back. I was meant for defense. So also being open to playing on both sides of the ball. I know certain high schools dictate that because some people have, you know, 60, 70 players on the roster that can all go and play at high caliber schools. So it's hard to play both sides. But me, I mean, growing up traditionally, I played both sides of the ball, special teams. So never wanted to be off the field. That's another thing. Um, being in high school, being a linebacker, you just, you're on special teams. You are on everything. College, that's how I made my bread and butter. Like, I literally made the name Trey Hendon off of special teams my redshirt freshman year. And obviously, like I said, I got we got to play. But um, just the special teams definitely made the impact. It made a splash. It showed us that you care. So start that off in high school. Like, make that impact on special teams. I, I'm a dang linebacker, college linebacker, but I was a return man in high school. So just want to go and do those things. And then also go play multiple sports please because everybody wants to um specialize in the sport oh i want to go play baseball i want to go play football i want to just be great at that like don't get me wrong i used to do football baseball basketball 
after my sophomore year, I figured out, hey, you know what? I can't go to college for basketball. I'm just going to knock that one out. So I stayed with football and baseball. Honestly, I was better at baseball than football. But, you know, it just turned out like God wanted me to be down this path. So I, you know, knew I had to go play college football. And it was definitely my calling. It was definitely the right path for me. Um, but, you know, you just definitely got to find that that group, find your niche. Like, as a linebacker, what are you bringing? Like, as a player, what are you bringing to the team? Are you bringing consistency? Are you bringing hard work? Are you bringing leadership, whether that's vocal or nonverbal through just your actions? So want to be that leader, but don't also force that. Everybody doesn't have to be that vocal, rah, rah leader. Like, you can be a leader by leading by example. Be the first in, be the last out. Clean up even when everybody else is making a mess on the way trips. Like those little things people notice, coaches notice, and that's more than just playing the game. That's like character. That's who you are as a person. And then when that's who you are to your core, it carries over to the football field. It carries over in school. Take care of classes. Like I had, I think the best thing that happened for me, I honestly got to get an interview after I got to player of the week for football and baseball. I had a pretty good uh senior year, but they literally asked me, it was my first question. Hey, you know, how's it feel to be player of the week? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how's school going? I was like, oh, I, I had a 4.0 GPA in high school. So I was like, you know, school was important to me. And if there's anything that I'm doing, I wanted to compete in. I wanted to be the best. So classroom, I wanted to be the best. Weight room, I wanted to be the best. Sprints, I wanted to be first. Like, as an athlete, you just got to want to compete. So that GPA is important, too, because that helped out with my scholarship. Like, coaches see that. Coaches see that you're important. Um, and not only important, but like you have priorities, you literally can set time management and you work hard in every single aspect, because, you know, when you go to college, you're on your own, you don't have, um, seven hour classes, you don't have any of that. So as a high school, the transition of that, like you having good grades, you showing great time management shows coaches like, Hey, you're mature. You are ready to, for this next level, this next step. So I say that like, take care of where you are right now, sweep your porch where you're at before you try to worry about your portraits that you're going to have in the future. Like just take care of where you are right now, be where your feet are at all times and just be the best you because you're the only you, like you're the only linebacker that can be specifically you um, spe uh, speaking just high school wise, but just being yourself, betting on yourself, I would say is definitely my uh, best advice. And this is the last question we got for you. We end it with every prospect. Mm -hmm. This is your pitch. If a team takes a shot on Trey Hendon, if they make yeah. the call, if they invite you in, what are they getting? First off, consistency, because that's the thing that people need to realize is what makes people great. Like, you're playing at a consistent high level. That's what made Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. That's what makes LeBron, LeBron. That's what makes Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Because in the fourth quarter, when things are on the line, Tom Brady comes through. So he having that consistent factor, like, yes, he's playing great, but he's playing consistently great so with me i think you're getting consistency um you're getting that right off the bat with the work ethic with um play with how i'm coming in with timing with everything just um so really just having that in my bag having that in my my tool set is my first and foremost biggest thing um and then also my speed and then playing the space um like we were talking about earlier the game is really is changing like you got to be able to go cover those travis kelsey's those george kittles um and be able to also play in the run and then go and tackle people like Nick Chubb uh so in uh Tariq Cohen so I mean it's just things like that you got to be able to do you got to be able to be versatile um and that's what I bring to the table is my versatility um holding the weight that I do 
Um, being able to hold my own, like you said, against those tackles, O-linemen like that, um, I think would be used to my wingspan, like I mentioned earlier, not only good for in the uh, the pass covers, but in the run too. I get extension on those O-linemen. I'm able to go two to one. I'm able to get that space, that separation, and set edges. So um, despite what you may, what people may think with size, with height, because the typical stereotypical linebacker, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, me being 6'1", 230, like, you know, that may raise some eyebrows, but hey, I can cover. Hey, I can blitz. Hey, I can, you know, set the edge. Hey, I can feel the run. So I'm covering those boxes at linebacker, but I'm also kind of stepping in that realm of the safety too. So you're getting more than just one player with me. You're getting more than one um, athlete, essentially. So you can do many things with me, like I said, with the, um, you know, resemblance to Isaiah Simmons' game, um, kind of thinking of that nature. So getting the Swiss Army knife and getting somebody that's consistent on and off the field, um, as you see in today's day and age, is huge. I mean, LeBron's been in the game for 19 plus years. You haven't heard one scandal. So you're getting that kind of player with me. Nobody is coming for um, anything malicious. So it's just, you know, me, um, essentially. So I'm definitely, definitely uh, proud to bet on myself because I know like, when in doubt, you know, you got to be able to trust you and know that you're going to be the best you and also be the best you for the people around you in the organization. And I feel like that's what I bring, being very selfless and also trying to just put myself last and see what's best for the team. Because at the end of the day, you're winning, everybody's happy. So I'm just a selfless trying to guy trying to win. And, you know, just to expand on that, you know, if I could, if I could add anything to that, I think they're getting a guy who just loves the game of football. Um, I think anybody who is going to listen to this conversation, anybody who is going to meet you is going to feel that passion that you have for the game. Trey, I thank you for coming on today, man. It's been an absolute blast. Do not be a stranger. Come back on any time. But, folks, that is pro prospect Trey Hendon, linebacker, do-it-all extraordinaire, future household name, that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. See you.